we may not be fools, and we may not be filled with our own opinions, but that we might be informed by your word. We thank you that that is possible uh, just through what we might be reminded of this morning. Thanks for these guys, Lord. I pray you bless them. I pray you uh, restore to them sleep. I pray you give them favor as they attend themselves to your business, that you would uh, give them uh, productivity in industry, that you would give them insight into relationships, and that you would fill their heart with kindness and their tongue with truth as they attend to you and as they abide with you. Thank you, Christ, for this morning. Amen. All right, well, uh, let's dive in. And what I want to do today is work in the memory verse. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, and with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you might be able to endure it. That is the verse that you have memorized this week, if you guys are keeping up with us, and we hope that you are. And what I want to do is uh, work that into what Job's buddies were going through. Now turn to Job 2.13. It's a very familiar little text in this book, because it's where Job's friends start responding to the situation that Job found himself in. And it's when they walked up to him and they saw him. In fact, he was so uh, hard-pressed and stricken that they didn't even recognize him when they got there from a distance. But Job 2:13 says, they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word to him, for they saw that his pain was very great. Now look, what they did, and by the way, I want to tell you, you guys have a great opportunity. Uh, this Sunday, we got a fun Sunday, I get to be with you, and then following Sunday, March 20th, Blake Holmes is going to teach on Sunday morning. And one of the things that Blake is going to do, because a lot of folks have asked this question, what do you do when you walk up in the life of a friend who is going through a Job-like scenario? And on March 20th, Blake is going to share with you out of his own experience. Blake, as you guys know, his son Gage has been wrestling with leukemia. And uh, he's just going to do for the body what he's done for our staff at different times, which is just say, look, guys, this is how you comfort somebody in affliction. And he's going to walk you through with great insight and uh, other things, an opportunity for you to know that. Because all of us wonder, what do I do? Do I go over there? Do I not go over there? What do I say? What do I not say? Well, what I want to do this morning, Blake will do a good job of unpacking that for 40 minutes for you. What I want to do this morning is is start by telling you this. This is a great little passage because I look, and if the story of Job, in terms of the record of his three friends, had ended in Job 2.13, we'd have gone, these guys did okay. And then it's just okay for a moment. They shut their mouth for seven days. Now, we love to throw these guys under a bus. I guarantee you'll do it now as you break off into your groups. Because they were pretty hard in all Job. And we say that with the benefit of looking back. Kind of Monday morning quarterbacking the counsel of his friends. But for the first seven days, they got a lot right. They were there. They wept with him. They comforted him. They surely interceded for him. They prayed for him. And that's a long time to cut out of your life to sit there and just attend to the grief of your friend, to mourn with those who mourn. But then something happened. And what happened is they just couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> and actually, Job kind of broke the silence. In Job 3, Job started to do more than just physically suffer. He let out what was inside of him. And that's when they go, all right, we're going to give you a little bit of what we think. And now here's what I want to do. It is really hard in certain situations to not give your commentary. Okay, as, as hard as it is 
to control our physical urges, there is something the Scripture says that is even more difficult than controlling our, than our sexual desires. It is our tongue. It is really hard to not let the world be filled with our opinions. And what I want to show you is even men that get it right 24 hours a day, seven days in a row, can drift into the wrong place. And I want to drag that out, and I want to tell you that that is true of all of us. We can live rightly for a long time, but if we decide to drift over into our own opinion, our own understanding, our own desires, the current of the world, the current of our flesh, no matter how right you've had it for how long, you can really screw it up pretty quickly. But I will tell you, there is a way of escape, no matter how tempted you are when somebody does something or says something and you feel something so strongly there's always a way of escape and the way of escape is to not look to yourself to figure out what to do the way of escape is to go back and make sure before you act before you speak you tend to god's word now here's what job's buddies don't have that we have they don't have um the full revelation of god and so whatever their problem was and why they had to just kind of tell Job what they thought. We don't have that limitation. And what I want to do this morning is just take some time and go to you. What could you have today that Job's friend didn't have that might help you not make the mistake they made in filling up Job's ears and the world with their opinion? And it gets to another verse that my group is memorizing, just because we're talking a lot about other different things, is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which is all scriptures inspired by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God might be adequate, equipped for every good work. In other words, how can you handle every situation correctly? When that scripture says all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable, it means it alone is able to give you what it is that you need for that moment. Nothing else, no experience, no insight, no uh, personal trial will ever give you what God's Word will give you. See, now Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar, what those guys kept saying is, I have never seen. It doesn't make sense to me. Never in my life have. I am certain, or I don't think God could. What they didn't do is what we can do, which is to say, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I've seen. This is what God's Word says. And so, with gentleness... And with truth and with kindness, we've got to speak. And what I would tell you is the way to keep yourself from whatever history of faithfulness you've got from falling off the wagon is to go to God's Word, His daily bread. When Jesus was tempted after 40 days in the wilderness, where did He go to answer the enemy? If the Son of God went to quote Scripture to get out of a mess, what do you think you and I should do? We've got to know the book, and it's got to inform our tongue, it's got to inform our action. You can get it right for a long time, and then when you start to just pull out God's Word and insert yours, you're going to make a mistake. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 13 is your memory verse, but look at verse 12. Okay, I'll throw 1 Corinthians 10 up there. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 talks about 1 through 11, all the things that the nation of Israel had to remind them of the goodness of God and the provision of God. And yet it says, despite all that they had, it says that him that they messed up. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. So how do you take heed? 
You've got to trust in God. You've got to get your daily bread, moment by moment, instruction from God. There's always a way of escape so that you can endure the temptation to misrepresent God, to speak in anger, to speak out of self, uh, or to act in your flesh. And what is the way out? It is God's Word. So what I thought I'd do this morning is just give you some places and then let you guys, maybe even in your group, places you can go to comfort one another with these words when you go, if and when you do speak. All right, I would encourage you, and I'm sure Blake is going to share with you, you need to do some Job 2.13ing. But at a certain point, there is a time to speak. Let me just show you some verses about the tongue out of Proverbs. Proverbs 12.18, it says, There's one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Okay. Now these guys, again, they didn't initially speak rashly, but eventually they just said, I'm going to let you have it, Job. I can't stay silent any longer. And then they just started getting after Job. And it didn't work so well for them or for Job. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, those who love the power of the tongue, for it to bring life, for it to bring uh, uh, words of encouragement to somebody. Verse 23 in chapter 21, He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. And so what I want to say to you, I'm going to give you uh, some verses today that when you see suffering, when you see trouble, when you... Uh, are in the midst of any kind of conflict, okay, with, with the world and all that is in it. And people want to know, what are you going to say to me in the midst of this pain? If you're going to say anything, make sure what you say is consistent with God's Word. Where Job's buddies got in trouble is they began to fill the earth with their opinion. And later God said, that offends me because their opinion misrepresents me and it hurts those I love. That's the same thing you and I are going to do if we go spouting our thoughts. And so you got to know God's thoughts. Okay? So here's just some places to go to comfort people. You can write them down in that little section at the end of our, 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 uh, the week this week where it says, I think, speaker's notes or something like that. Just write down the references. You can go back and look. Guys, there are hundreds of these, if not thousands of these you can go to. Uh, but let's just look at a few. Lamentations chapter 3, 19 through 26. Remember my affliction, my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to mind, there I have hope. In other words, one of the things that you can remind and encourage people with who are filled with wormwood and bitterness. Very familiar text, verses 22 uh, through 24. The loving kindnesses indeed of the Lord never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. A great verse to comfort yourself and others with. Psalm 34, verses 4 through 7. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me, freeing me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. I cried out to the Lord in my suffering. And he heard me. He set me free from all fears. For the angel of the Lord guards all who fear him. And he rescues them. Now, you kind of might think about that because you go, wow. 
That sounds a little bit like what some of his buddies were saying. And the fact that, those, that, that Job wasn't being rescued, right, would seem to indicate that he must not be calling on the name of the Lord. That sounds like what his buddies said. But again, that's why we talk about whenever you look at God's Word, you've got to keep stretching that rubber band around different nails. Remember that? And grow the full context of what God's Word says. It's not going to happen always in the time that we say. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Watch this. And now, brothers and sisters, I want you to know what will happen to the Christians who have died, so you will not be full of sorrow like people who have no hope. For since we, have, we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus comes, God will bring back with Jesus all the Christians who have died. I can tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not rise to meet him ahead of those who are in the graves. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the call of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, all the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with him forever. So comfort and encourage each other with these words. You put that back in the context of uh, Psalm 34, one of the ways that God will deliver you is possibly through the grave. And so not everybody that calls in the name of the Lord is going to get well. I mean, the health, wealth, and prosperity idea, the idea that people full of faith are never sick, are going to always you know, be restored to physical strength on this earth, that's not the words you should comfort other with. That is abusive, okay, and can in fact um, discourage people, not help them, that idea. Uh, let me just give you a few more, just so you write down. We're not going to read them. And then there's, like I said, hundreds of these. But here's some great ones. Isaiah 41.10. Uh, 1 Peter 5.10-11. Here's some ones just to encourage folks that are around death even. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.42. Second Corinthians five one really through six, but one and six specifically. And then Revelation twenty one, three and four. Because not everybody that you minister to is going to turn around like Job. And what you've got to remind folks of, okay, is this. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look at the home of God is now among his people. He will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will remove all of their sorrows, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. For the old world and its evils are gone forever. You've got to tell each other, you've got to remind them, that day is coming. And while we may not be able to explain everything God is doing in this day, we know who God is. That was the mistake of Job's buddies. They kept assuming who God was and they didn't represent who God was. So how do you keep yourself from misrepresenting God? It's so easy to do when the world looks like it has uh, no rhyme or reason to it or that God is either not good or not sovereign. You better make sure the way of escape from sinning against God and damaging others is to know the book. That's the way of escape. Okay? We pray for you. We'll give you a couple of announcements and we'll get out of here. 
Lord, I, uh, thank you just for a chance just to be reminded this morning of how important it is to not fill the earth with our opinion and to be slow to speak and to make sure that we don't do what is right to us but that we might be careful in our actions, our attitudes, and our words to look to you. We thank you that no matter how tempted we are to strike out with confident assertions or to uh, act in impulsive ways, that we know that that, though it seems right to us, in the end it is the way of death. It discourages others, it damages us, and it does not bring glory to you. So I pray in the midst of our temptation we would be very careful to look to you and to trust that your word will lead our steps and guide our tongue so that we might be adequate, equipped for every good work. And Lord, I pray that no matter how many days in a row we get it right, that every man in this room, moment by moment, realizes that though we have stood, though we have done well for a season, that next moment, just our own Anger, our own frustration, our own weariness can just push us to start to do the wrong thing that completely overshadows the right things that we have done. So I pray, Lord, that we would always abide. Look to your word daily. We trust you daily for the bread that would sustain us and give us the strength to rightly represent you. Help us to find the way of escape in your life-giving word. Amen.